If you enjoy our content, please consider supporting us. Click the support link on our main page to become a patron. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of More Shenanigans. I'm Donna Moore. And I'm James Moore. And today we have a special guest with us, Felicia Brown, who is an entrepreneur in the massage, spa, and wellness industry, a published author, and in addition to that, a very good and dear friend. So, Felicia, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to be here. Yay! (laughs) Excellent. She's also brought her dream team with her. Right. And the dream team is going to play a significant role in today's podcast because the subject is reinventing yourself, that process that many people have to go through in crucial moments in life. And uh, we have Felicia here as a guest because she's the first person, one of the first people we that comes to our mind when we talk about people successfully reinventing themselves. So tell us a little bit about that process you went through. Well, I think the process you're talking about is how the dream team came to be my companions today, right? Right. Well, uh, as you were saying, James, and most people that know me would know that I am a massage spa and wellness expert and have been a massage therapist since 1994. And since that time, I've owned several spas um, in Greensboro, North Carolina, where I live. You might Remember, there was this thing a few years ago called the global pandemic. Mm. And uh, anybody? That totally got by me. (laughs) Slept right through it. Well, since you were sleeping, um, there was this global pandemic which caused a bit of a shutdown in the world. And as a business owner, um, this impacted me pretty directly. I owned a spa at the time, and we had the need to close operations down because of the pandemic. Uh, I had to lay off 31 employees, including myself. And suddenly, was faced with this idea of who am I if I am not a massage therapist, if I'm not a spa owner, I'm not a speaker, an educator, because that's something I do too. And what am I going to do with the rest of my life if I never get to leave my house again? It was kind of overwhelming and anxiety, panic, and depression set in pretty hard. And I think you were probably along with numerous thousands of other people that probably had the same kind of thing happen, whether they were a business owner that had to close down their business or they were just somebody who all of a sudden had to work from home, or maybe because of the pandemic, they got laid off from their job, Um, or maybe they realized that they didn't want to do that job anymore. They didn't get laid off, but they were like, you know what? This is kind of a life or death situation, this whole pandemic thing. And this job that I've hated for X number of years, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something else. Yeah. For some people, I suppose it was an opportunity to look at yourselves like that, but I think especially in the in the industry that you are an expert in, there are not many industries out there when you're physically in direct contact with your clientele, sometimes total strangers. So uh, something like a pandemic would totally shut that down. It did. It did. And, you know, um, it's interesting because I love my spa and I loved our team and our clients and we just had amazing business. But I, too, experienced a little bit of that you know, once I got home, realizing, am I really happy in what I'm doing. And I think maybe having some conflicting feelings about wanting to go back and not wanting to go back contributed to my anxiety a little bit, if I'm honest. But I was I was pretty lucky. I had some some help really close by that helped pull me out of it and help me reinvent myself a little bit. Okay, so let me ask you this question. Daily routine, going from you're seeing clients every day, you're managing you're managing and have clients of your own, a spa, you're mentoring other massage therapists, going from that to what daily routine when everything shut down? What did the day look like for you? Well, there were a lot of jigsaw puzzles 
um, going on at my house. Um, and I hate to admit, but I was eating a lot of ice cream. <laughs> you know, it's it paints a pretty sad picture, but it was it was pretty rough. You know, I mean, there were things I was certainly doing things to help my team, try and keep them in touch with resources that could be helpful, and try to keep them positive. I was writing, sending out a, a daily email to my staff to let them know about you know positive ideas or like here's how to get unemployment or whatever I could come up with that would be helpful. But outside of that. I was personally really struggling and some days I was not getting dressed or maybe I was going from nighttime pajamas to daytime pajamas. You know, it just, it was kind of a sad scene, honestly. Mm. Well, I think you were right there along with a lot of people. I mean, I think the, the whole uh, leisure wear industry exploded dur- during the, during pandemic because people, you know, if they were working, they were working from home and they didn't have to put on a suit. And I think that that can keep you in a place of, you know, darkness if you don't have to be forced to get up and go and do something. Even if it's something that you don't like, you're still having to get up and go and interact with other people. When you're stuck at home, literally stuck at home and you can't go anywhere. And I think it caused you and a lot of other people to reevaluate things, reevaluate life, reevaluate job, family, just whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because what happened was I didn't have a routine and I was really struggling to make my life normal again, I guess I would say. And I'm not going to say what I'm going to tell you next doesn't necessarily sound normal. But it became my new normal and it really helped me get out of it. Mm-hmm. One particular day, I was feeling pretty sad. It was a Sunday afternoon. And after the jigsaw puzzle ice cream routine, I was laying in bed around two o'clock in the afternoon and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I have got to find a way to feel better than this. This it cannot go on. What can I do? And a little technique that I have used in the past is, you know, just think about how you could feel any amount better. So I started reflecting back in my life to a time when I was really happy, having a good time and a good mood just feeling upbeat and positive. And it was the memory of an event, a dance party actually, at the end of a day in which there had been a rubber duck race that I was thinking about. And you might be like a dance party after a rubber duck race, but short story, I teach at conferences around the, the around the state, around the U.S., around the, I guess around the world really. And this particular conference had a rubber duck race as one of its many activities. I didn't really understand what people were excited about, but I saw people were really happy to see all these rubber ducks in the water. Anyway, later in the day, we were having a party and a wagon full of rubber ducks appeared on the dance floor in the midst of the party. People swarmed that wagon, including me. And the next thing you know, rubber ducks were being passed out around the room and there were little blurs of yellow on the dance floor for the rest of the night. It was so much fun. And as I was laying in my bed that April day, I thought, man, if I could just tap into that moment, I think I would feel better. And then I realized I could because I had two of those rubber ducks on my bathtub. There you go. Uh The thing that I love about this story is that it's the childlike simplicity of it all. It's a rubber duck that we play with as kids, Mm -hmm. you know? And you see it around the country. You know, they have these rubber duck races where you you do it for charity. You buy so many rubber ducks for X number of dollars and then they float them down the river somewhere and I hope they catch them somewhere so they're not, you know, whatever. And people just swarm to it and millions of dollars are, are given to charity because of this simple little rubber duck that children play with. And the fact that you were able to use that as a catalyst to, you know, propel yourself out of this dark place is, and and the fact that it's bright yellow too, that's the, you know, it's yellow like the sun. It's bright like the sun, you know, and that's, that's another piece of it that I find, you know, just, I don't know, I don't want, inspirational, yes, but that's not the word I'm looking for. It's, it's, it's the interesting part of it. You took the simplicity of something of a child to use it to pull yourself out of such of an adult situation. And then it's, 
It's it's just we all love the sun after a, a dark, rainy period. Mm-hmm. Well, that's basically what you did. I got to be honest, Hardy was not childlike at all. We, there, was, there were some cocktails involved. Oh, I'm and, sure. Uh, it was a lot. It was a, a moment of over eighteen fun. But um, I will say, or over twenty one, I guess, since there were cocktails involved. But right. you know what? What I tapped back into was the glee and the fun and the spontaneity of that evening. Yeah. And so what happened was, I ended up grabbing. Two of the ducks on my bathtub, there's actually were five, well, four ducks and a whale, but there were a couple there sitting on the bathtub. I grabbed two of them and went downstairs and asked my husband if we could have a rubber duck race. And he was like, a what? And anyway, he... Is that what you're calling it? Yeah, begrudgingly, begrudgingly followed me out the door down to the creek in our yard. And we had a rubber duck race. Sadly, it did not go well. But a few days later, when we had a little more rainfall and water in the creek, we staged another race. And because I am who I am, we videotaped it and I put it on Facebook and people really got into it. And suddenly I saw that there was a possibility for me to help other people feel better with my races. And that became my new routine. Okay. So it seems that you took one happy moment in your life and let it have a snowball effect to get you out of the the darker routine that you went in, that you were forced into. So tell us about What's happening with the uh, the rubber ducks now? They have an official title, right? Well, over time, uh, you know, went from being uh, duck number 206 to Quacky and Quicky, and the whole group got names. So there's five of them. We have Quicky and Quacky. Those are the yellow brothers, i.e. like what Donna was talking about. Uh-huh. Then we have Little Red, who's, you guessed it, Red. Um, Uni, who is a white unicorn duck. And MC Killer, who is a killer whale. And the five of them are now known as the Dream Team ducks they um they started telling me stories or helping me think of stories maybe that sounds less crazy than (laughs) (laughs) thinking that rubber ducks were talking to me but we'll say stories came to me as i was having these races and they developed little personalities and then soon because of the races being on facebook people started sending me ducks so i have an entire flock now um not just these five but probably a hundred other ducks that people have sent to me and the latest development is we've moved from having impromptu rubber duck regattas in the creek to writing children's books together. So we're, uh, we've got two children's books that are getting ready to come out very soon. Tell us a little bit more detail about that first book that was inspired by the Dream Team. Well, the first book is called Zoe and the Dream Team Ducks Go to Shampoo Mount. And the short version of the story is that... Um, Don't give it all away. People want to get this book. I know. <laughs> the, the re- what brought the, what the impetus for the story was that I had to have some surgery and I could not wash my hair by myself. And so a friend graciously agreed to help me. And I put on a bathing suit and she helped me shampoo my hair. And while she was doing this, before she rinsed her, rinsed it out, she said, oh, let me, let me have some fun. And she built this mountain of shampoo and hair on top of my head and then put a rubber duck in it. <laughs> and um, it was just a silly moment in a time when, you know, she was helping me recover from the surgery. But this idea for the story just popped into my head. And now it's now it's in a book. Outstanding. So what other things have you done with the Dream Team? Oh, goodness. Well, you know, they travel with me uh, whenever I go on trips to speak at conferences. And they're actually my teaching assistants. They're right up front at the beginning of every class. I have them in the slide presentation. I introduce them to everybody. And sometimes they're even part of like the lessons that I happen to be sharing. Most of my classes are about business and marketing, mm-hmm. entrepreneurship, or self-care. And um, they have something to say. So they may feel 
figure into that. And usually at the end of class, everybody gets to take home their own rubber duck. Uh, so I have developed a reputation or a moniker as the duck lady. Uh, so <laughs> it's not just writing about ducks. It's teaching with ducks. They've been on television with me. We've written some articles together. I mean, really, they're just a part of my everyday. Outstanding. That's okay. Amazing. That is to talk in generalities about reinventing yourself. And, and that was a great example that we got to hear as far as you get to a point. It seems what's in common. You get to a point where you're looking at yourself in your situation. You say, man, something has got to change. You know, and you somehow get the motivation, the energy, the direction to make some change somehow. So for a number of people who are right before that point, I'm hoping that they're getting to listen to this and, and know that they can do something about it. So Donna and I are trying to reinvent ourselves in different ways. And people who are familiar with the podcast probably know outside of working in IT, which is, you know, my Clark Kent persona. Outside of that, I write, I make movies, <laughs> I write movies. And that's the way I want to reinvent myself and what motivated me with that. I wasn't going through any really dark time in my life. It wasn't, you know, pulling myself out of any kind of despair, but I had to look at myself and say, what do I do with myself outside of working my job? You know, there's quality time with the wife. Of course, there's that, but I was, there was a great big hole, you know, that wasn't being filled by anything. Try to fill it with watching TV or playing golf was a, a thing for a little while, but it didn't really, you know, turn into anything. After a while, I, I, I re rediscovered my love for writing. And just started chasing that down. And now I'm, you know, loads happier doing that work, even though the actual work itself can be excruciating. (laughs) Writing a story, you're up at three in the morning and you're staring at a paragraph that you stared at for the you know past 20 minutes and you don't know how to get past it. But that's part of the the beauty of the whole process. So that's the... the short version of my reinvention story, which I hope is still going on, that I hope that it's going to end up with, you know, you know, Hollywood decided to let me write a couple of movies and, you know, I work whenever I want to. I punch up other people's stuff, <laughs> you know, things like that. So that's my reinvention for now. And what is it that uh, you're doing, Donna, to reinvent yourself? Well, you know, I don't know how many years back, 15, I guess, years back, you bought me a camera for my birthday one year. And I just kind of played around with it and, you know, had some success with the pictures that I was taking. And I was doing, I really am drawn to like nature and that type of thing. And um, I just never really did anything with it, you know, and just, and it ended up just kind of sitting on the shelf, literally collecting dust. And you kept kind of pushing me and pushing me, which is a good thing. Well, um, a lot of times it was good. <laughs> friends would, you know, say things and, you know, what have you. And, and then something hit me last year and I was like, you know what? You have a talent that God has given you mm-hmm. and you're not using it. And the world's a really ugly place if you look at it from a certain perspective, right? It can be, yeah. And so I said, I'm going to look at it through the lens of my camera and find the beautiful in the world instead of all the ugliness that we have to look at. So I said, and I'm going to do this the right way. I'm going to learn how to use my camera. I'm going to learn photography. But I didn't want to go to like a college class and all of that and do art school. That just wasn't, that's not who I wanted to be. So I found this wonderful lady in the area where we live and um, she's just an amazing instructor of photography. She's also a business expert as well. She does, she kind of does a, a plethora of different things very well. But she really just kind of helped me to understand that you are good enough and you can do this, even though I'd heard it from other people and from my husband every day. But it's when a stranger is telling you that, it's it's different, I think. And also not just a stranger, but a stranger with a, an extreme amount of skill in the, in the field, you mm-hmm. know. And so I started taking 
taking her classes. She does, you know, several different kinds of classes on photography. I started taking those classes and, you know, meeting with like-minded people and made friends with people in, in the industry. And, and I'm just realizing, I think not really realizing, but just knowing now that I'm capable of doing this. And am I going to run out there and become a wedding photographer and all that? That's not my thing. That's not who I want to be as a photographer. But I just want to be able to, one, show the show people that the world is a beautiful place in the in the minute things, maybe the wings of a, a bug that you think is ugly. But really, when you look at it up close, it's beautiful. Um, or maybe we look at an ugly situation, such as homelessness, and we show the people that are involved in that through pictures instead of just what we see as we pass by in our vehicle or going into a store somewhere. And so that's kind of, and again, not coming from a dark place, not coming from the loss of a job, anything like that. Just trying to, I think, leave the world a better place than how I found it or where I'm at now with it. Right. Well, something that I, I want to bring up as an item of note as we're discussing reinventing yourself. Now, my friend Felicia knew oh, yeah, early on. Me. And then there's the podcast. And then there's the podcast. Yeah, this is uh, evidence that you're listening to right now of reinventing <laughs> ourselves. You know, I'm thinking probably a decade ago, we probably wouldn't even have thought about doing anything like this and now look at us. But um, the fact that I was about to bring up, you know, Felicia early on knew the industry she wanted to work in, what she wanted to do to try and help people feel better and be healthier you know, about themselves. However, uh, me discovering writing and doing, you know, movie type stuff and Donna getting involved with the photography. Well, we were in situations where there's not a lot of time. Let's face it. When you're in your fifties and you make a decision like this, it's, you know, there's a clock ticking. So we had to find non-traditional areas of getting ourselves into knowledge and understanding of what we want to do. Right. I couldn't go to film school. If I went, if I had to quit my job, go to film school, wait tables, you know, all that stuff, I, I would be Joe Biden old by the time I got a chance to really do anything. Right. And you go into a, a college to, you know, get a degree in photography and do all that. That's not realistic. So I encourage people that are, you know, maybe I'm not saying that you're making excuses. You know, people have to realistically think about things before they do it, but don't let it get you down that you, if you don't, if you can't afford to go to school or you think you have to go to school and get a degree to do something, that's not too, necessarily true. You're never too old. You're never too old and just go and do it. Just ask you, you know, what's stopping you? The answer usually is nothing. Well, you know, with the ducks and the writing that I do with the ducks and whatever else I'm doing, I mean, I have big visions of where these guys are going to go and where they're going to take me. And no, we're not here to just talk about the ducks, but I have to kind of go back to what both of you were saying and, and relate it to the ducks. You're both pursuing passions, things that you love, you know, that bring joy, that bring you fulfillment. And I think sometimes when we look at reinventing ourselves, think about what we ought to have done or what we should have done. Oh, I should have gone back to school. I should go to film school or I should, you know, like you have this idea in your mind that can't reinvent yourself in the way you would like because of all these limitations or these hoops you have to jump through. I don't know a thing about writing children's books or didn't until I started writing these two. I am an author, but I didn't know anything about writing when I wrote my first book. In fact, I was petrified, absolutely petrified. And when I hired the first 
editor that helped me with my very first book, she and I sat down in a restaurant and she thought of me as like this entrepreneur. You know, she knew I spoke all over the place and had, had all these successful businesses and we're sitting there. And as I started to talk about what I wanted to do with my book, I burst into tears and was sobbing in this <laughs> restaurant about how upset and nervous and scared I was. She was stunned because she thought I had it all together. You know, I've done all these things that I was successful, that I was successful in. And she just was taken aback because she just assumed. I was naturally confident and knew what I was doing. I didn't know Jack, you know, but I, you know, I asked for help and I got someone that could kind of be my cheerleader to be in there with me. Kind of like your mentor, Donna, Uh that you're talking about with the photography. Uh And I know James, you've done some uh, like writing groups, writers groups and Mm -hmm. things like that. So you're not in it by yourself, but I didn't know a thing about it. And it's just that I felt this to follow a passion, to follow the feel good, if you will, like what is pulling my spirit and to just go there and not worry about the details as much as I'm worrying about the fulfillment part of it. I mean, I can't say every reinvention in my life has been that way. Some of them have literally been like brick by brick, slogging through, trying to like rebuild credit after a bankruptcy, for example, mm-hmm. uh, restarting a business with no money. But I think if you can find that thing that feeds you, it makes the reinvention a little bit easier because you're excited about it. You know, it's going to help you find your way through all those obstacles. Yeah. I, I think it's important to, um, like you said, not worry about the details because sometimes we get bogged down in the details. Listen, we got to pay bills. We got to have a roof over our head. We got to do all that stuff, right? But that doesn't mean that following something that is fun and makes us happy can't be done too. Mm -hmm. We can, you, you can do both. You know what I mean? You can, you know, you can, you can, I mean, that's what we're doing. You and I are going to our jobs every day Mm -hmm. and you know, we like our jobs. They're okay. You know, but would we rather be, you know, running around the country in an RV taking pictures and writing? Absolutely. So yeah, let's do that. That's what I want to do, but we can't do that because we don't have the money to do that. You know what I mean? So yet. we have yet, 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 exactly. So we have to do this now and that's okay mm-hmm. because I think sometimes people think, well, if I can't do it all the way, then I'm not going to do it at all. Well, I can't do it all the way because I literally want to be in an RV driving around the country, taking pictures. I don't want to be stuck to my little area having to do it, but I'm going to do that right now because that's what I have to do. Right. And I can still take beautiful pictures. I can still have people go, wow, that's amazing. When they look at something, even though I'm not able to do what I want Right. You know, you can't go to Hollywood and sit in a writer's room, but you can still make a funny movie or a scary movie or an interesting movie that moves people in a certain way, whatever that, you know, emotion is. You can still do that and you just have to do it. Right. And just because of the nature of life, if you're thinking about reinventing yourself and you have a picture in your mind of what the end looks like. It's good that you have to have a picture in your mind because you got to know where you're going. But there's a duality in the fact that you have to plan, but nothing's going to go along that plan. You're going to take a different path than what you set in your mind, but at least you're going somewhere and you know where your destination is. So that's progress. You know those little toys that you get and you and you move them around and the picture changes when you move it? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. That's what you have to think about that end picture. Like that picture's out there and it looks like this, but then if you move it a little bit, it might look like that. And then you move it a little bit. It's still kind of the same picture, but it's Mm going to look a little different every time you go a little bit. And that's what you have to think about because that's how life is, right? Right. Uh, You know, I think about it like sometimes we also set limitations on ourselves. And, you know, with the Dream Team Ducks in particular, I I try very hard not to do that. I always, when I think about what I want to achieve for them, like, well, I want to do this or something better. I want to do this or something more exciting. So my end goal, I mean, I have two and they actually are tied together. I'll just share the second one because the first one is still, I'm still a little shy about it, but (laughs) I would like for them to have a star on the Hollywood Walk of 
of Fame, the Dream Team Ducks, and, you know, maybe it would say Felicia and the Dream Team Ducks, but more importantly, the Dream Team Ducks, that's what I really see with their little, I guess it would just be pictures of them because they don't exactly have feet right now, you know, they're rubber ducks, <laughs> but I don't know what would go on there, but I, that's, you know, a goal that I have. I see their name in, in you know, on a marquee in, in lights. Absolutely. And I believe that they are going to be international superstars. Um, so buy lots of books, please, because we need your help <laughs> to get there. Right. All Absolutely. right. So, America, you heard it here first. Before the Dream Team Ducks were international sensations, you heard about it on this podcast. That's right. All right. And uh, I do want to bring up one point that I think you touched on a moment ago, Felicia, is that you person out there listening, if you're thinking about reinventing yourself, you've got you've got to that point and say, I need to make a change. Realize that you need to have a team. Yes. And it's easy and you can get that team. You don't have to do this all by yourself. In addition to the Ducks, Felicia, tell us some of your other, do you, there must be other team members that are oh, helping you. Yes, there are. Well, um, the Dream Team Ducks, I guess I would consider myself their official handler, as well as the writer that captures their stories. But we have an illustrator who is fantastic, uh, Andrew Caratanudo, and he is doing a wonderful job of expressing the Ducks' personalities on paper and um, digitally. And then uh, Tammy, uh, I don't know if she wants me to share her last name since it's not in print in the book, but we'll just say Tammy. She is our uh, Dream Team Ducks social media coordinator. She handles all their social media publicity. But, you know, there's so many other people that have contributed, all the people that have given me ducks, all the people that have invited me to be on podcasts like this or invited me to bring them to speak, uh, people that have sent them to me. I mean, I think that the collective excitement about my reinvention, um, everybody that's a part of that is on the team. And sometimes some the team members and two people here know what I'm talking about. Sometimes the people on your team are those that say you are the crazy duck lady and you shouldn't be doing this. Mm. They just add some fuel to the fire and make me want to succeed with them even more. So sometimes, you know, those people, those haters, you think that, you know, they're bringing you down, but really they can be what like make you decide you're just going to go for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think the, the, the naysayers definitely, I mean, I haven't luckily had any people like that in my life regarding this piece of it. But what, what I do, is I, I go back to my childhood when I wasn't, um, I don't want to say allowed, but I wasn't encouraged mm-hmm. to do the things that I wanted to do. And so I use that as a, like, now I'm being encouraged, so do it. You didn't have it then and you used it as an excuse. I mean, I was a child, so I didn't, you know, I couldn't really do it, but you know what I'm saying. Don't don't use that as an excuse now. Don't use that that negative voice in your head to keep you from, so I guess, I guess that negative voice is the hater. Well, you know, right? when I became a massage therapist, there were some people, no names will be mentioned in this room. There were some people that It was didn't. not me. <laughs> wow. And who else is here? I didn't say. <laughs> uh, there's there's quite a few people here, so we won't we won't name names. But there were some people that weren't quite as sure about my choice to become a massage therapist as I was. And you know what? That's okay. I knew that it was what I wanted to do. Um, there are people might surprise some of you that when you talk about rubber ducks a lot, there are a few people out there that aren't supportive about it. And, <laughs> 
The anti-duck. Anti-duck. I find it hilarious. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, it's not important. What's important is that you're excited about what you want what you want to do. If you know, like, hey, this is the direction I want to go in, that's what really matters. And those people will may come around, as people did about me in massage therapy. They may not come around related to the rubber ducks. I don't really care because it's for me. And, you know, to me, the reinvention has to be something that you want. Like, I, I teach about goal setting all the time in my classes. And I often have to remind students that when you set a goal, it's got to be your goal. Because if you aren't the one excited about it, it's like your spouse or your parent or some person, you know, at your workplace, it's going to be really hard for you to stay motivated when mm-hmm. times are tough. It's easy when things are going great, but when times are tough, not so much. So please, you know, make sure that you're reinventing yourself in a way that's going to be pleasing to you mm-hmm. and that you are going to enjoy. Yes. And, and another point that I do want to make is that as you're going through your process of reinventing yourself, and this is another duality thing, you do have to plan, you do have to have some level of organization on how you're going to do this, but do not let the fact that you don't have every single detail figured out stop you because there are things that are going to happen in your favor. Just have your mindset on that. The people have been listening to this podcast know that Donna and I are Christian. We believe in God having a plan for you. And if you are the same way, and if you think that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, but you don't quite know how it's going to happen, well, just go ahead forward with it because you will be provided with the people that you need, the resources that you need. I went out and said to myself, okay, I want to make movies. I'm just going to in a group, I'll sweep up, I'll do whatever. I just want to be around some other people making movies. I didn't imagine myself as the writer doing the movie. And it was within days of making that decision, I ran into Charles Townsend, my production partner, and we now have a production company called Contrast Films. We make movies. We actually send them to festivals around the world. And that started from, I don't know how I'm going to get into making movies, but I'm going to go to this meeting and offer myself as the janitor, (laughs) you know? So just go forward and just just do it, you know, and you might not do it 100% right. Just fix yourself along the way. Well, you know, in saying that, James, I just have to share something. So I was talking about Andy, my illustrator, and I've known Andy for a few years because he worked with me in one of my spas. And I remember the first time I saw him, he was the day he was applying for the job. And I just saw him standing at the counter and I asked my manager like, oh, is that someone that's interviewing? And she said, yeah. And I said, I like him, hire him. He's the one I want. I didn't know anything about him. I just saw him. I was like, his, there was something about him. I was like, I hope it's him. So he worked at my spa for several years and then pandemic came, whatever. And um, one day he sent me an email or something and told me he was going to be moving to Texas. And I don't know what came over me, but it just hit me in such a way. I was like, I have to see him before he goes. And I immediately like put together a gift for him to take for for him to take to Texas because I didn't want him to forget me. I put a sprig of rosemary in a frame. Rosemary is for remembrance. And we happen to have rosemary growing outside of our spa. I, I don't know what possessed me, but I put this in the frame and I drove it over to him. I was like, when are you leaving? And I got over there before he moved the next day. So there was something about him that just spoke to me. And so we've had some other interactions. He ended up moving back to the area and doing some other freelance work for me. And then then we parted ways. He got a full-time job and said, you know, I I don't have time to help you. I'm going to go do this other thing. One day I was thinking about the ducks and how I was going to, you know, how I'm going to bring them to the level of stardom that they deserve, right? And I thought, God, 
gosh, if I just had someone like Andy to work with me again, oh, that would be so great. And I'm not kidding you. I put that thought out there. You could call it a prayer if you like. And within 24 hours, he emailed me and said, hey, Felicia, I'd really like to come back and work for you full time. Is there any chance? And I thought to myself, what? Like, how is this possible? And I, so long story short, you know, now he's the illustrator of my books. And when, you know, I can't show them to you on the air here, but when you see them, you're going to be like, wow, this was meant to be. It's exactly what you're talking about, James. It's, you know, when you decide that you want something, that you're going to go after it, the people and the situations and the resources you're looking for are going to show up. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, I look at that as like, follow that, mm-hmm. follow those signs, follow whatever the little inclination might be, or the, the you know, this is going to make me feel good in the moment. Um, let me, let me do something to move towards that. And that's, that's what I've kept doing, but it doesn't always make sense, y'all. Sometimes there's ways you're reinventing yourself. You think, I, I don't, I mean, does this, does this even work? Doesn't matter. Just take the steps, sweep the floor, be around the people. Buy a rubber duck. Figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Now, I'd love to sit here for an, another hour and a half and just talk about our experiences and reinventing ourselves. We're getting a little bit past the half wick, the half hour mark at which we decided to make each episode of our podcast. So, and we always like to leave on a positive though. I think the broadcast has been totally positive so far, but we want to leave with a little zinger that should come from our, our honored guest. The last word on if you're reinventing yourself, you should blank. You should follow your heart or a rubber duck. <laughs> That's perfect. Excellent. That's all for this episode. Tune in again for more shenanigans. 